you will have the most spectacular life of your dreams. The thing you can't even dream about will be yours. And it all has to do with what you do when no one's watching. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. All right, everyone. I had an interesting thing that I saw. Um, I saw a movie this weekend. Have you seen Hacksaw Ridge? No, I haven't even heard of it. Okay. So without, I don't want to give away too much of the movie because for those of you guys that haven't seen it, uh, A, I highly recommend you go see it. I mean, it was, it was one of those like really surprising things. Like I I went into it thinking it was going to be one thing and it was just so not that thing. (laughs) Um, it's a war movie. It's about World War II. Okay. The story is really interesting and really unique. But basically, I don't, I don't want to ruin the, the, the gist of it because it's like, if you don't know what it's about, the surprise of it is actually really, really cool. But ultimately, this, uh, this guy basically stays behind. It's a, it, the whole thing's a true story. So okay. that, that was like the crazy ass part of it. But um, it's about a guy who couldn't or his beliefs, he was very religious and his beliefs were that he would not kill. And so he took it to an extreme and he actually enlisted, but enlisted without the ability to pick up a gun. Hmm. So he literally goes to war without a gun. And And, and, and And the intention is to like live in that space. The, the intention was to serve his country. Okay. Like he, he literally wanted to serve his country with every part of his being. He just did not want to pick up a gun. Mm. Whatever happens to him happens to him. And then at the end, he basically ends up uh, going against orders um, to, to retreat from this area and does one of the most one of the most unbelievable acts I've ever seen a human being do ever. Like it was the most, literally the most astounding thing I've ever seen. I just sat there for a good three minutes with my jaw on the ground. Okay. And so then I went afterwards and actually like read about this guy's story. And it was all true. Like everything that happened in the movie and what he did was true. He, there was 16 million people. Six zero or one six? One six. Okay. 16 million people who fought in World War II for the U.S. 431 of them received the Medal of Honor. Hmm. He received one, and he never carried a gun. Hmm. And what he did was he did it solo. No one was there to help him. 
at all. And it was the most insane act. Like, I just can't even, I, I wish I could tell you guys, I just don't want to ruin the movie for you. But what it got me thinking was like, about what we do when no one's looking. When it's only you and God or you and whoever you look up to or you and you or whatever that conversation is, and there's no one else. Mm. How do you show up? When no one's watching. And I just realized that for us, like one of the big things, we learned this, that lesson really, really early on. You know, that the whole thing about integrity, like the power of integrity is doing what you said you would do. Uh, but then there's always that other piece, which is like, even if no one's there watching. Or, or, or even if you don't actually have an agreement, uh, a verbal agreement, like you just have, you know, you know that there's an agreement in place. Yeah. Yeah. And he had an agreement with himself. He also had an agreement with God. He was very, very religious. And just watching what this man did while no one was watching. And it all came from his mission. Like he knew that this is who he was for the world. And this is what he wanted to do. And so it's him alone and God. And he just does this unimaginable act. I wanted just to throw that out there and, and see what your take is on it about like, because I, I believe that Satori Prime, we built it on the, on the back of no one micromanaging us. And I think as an entrepreneur in general, like no one's here to micromanage you. No one's here to look over your shoulder and be like, hey, did you do your job today? The only person you have to talk to is at the end of the day, you usually when you put your head down in the pillow. Mm-hmm. And then there are days that you feel like you've accomplished amazing things. And there's days that you feel like fucking shit. So I'm just curious from your standpoint, like how do you motivate to do the things that, that you know need to be done while no one's watching and what, what a difference that makes in your world? That's a great question. Uh, here's my context. I never believe that nobody's watching. Mm. Like you said, whether, whether you have a relationship to God or yourself and uh, how much did I share with you about what happened on Thursday night? Remind me Thursday night. Uh, I'm Mateo. Oh, uh, I mean, en- enough to get a, a sliver yeah. of it. Enough to want, an- enough to know that I offered them to come to my house and do it. <laughs> en- enough to know that we really don't freaking know, right? It- it's a- it's amazing as, um, and I'll tell you guys what that means in just a second here. I hope that I, I imagine it's okay that I share this um, it- it- with with within reason. Um, and some, it might be hard for a lot of people to swallow. And, and so as I open, <laughs> as I, as my energy opens, as I open, as I come within myself and as I start understanding, it's funny, people think they know what the law of attraction is. And I think I have a sense of it and I'm still not yet clear. I think the most powerful concepts that I've learned from doing these deep dive experiences into ethereal, fourth, fifth, sixth dimensional type experiences the most prevalent thing that I come out with that impacts me the most is, is I'm humbled by the lack of knowledge that I have. And, um, and that's, that, that includes emotional uh, acuity that includes um, heart openness that includes mental acuity. All of it is in there and I'm humbled by that. So, you know, coming back to your question, um, if you live your life that your actions have no impact because nobody's there to watch. 
I think there's a, a level of arrogance and negligence to that because whatever you're doing that is out of integrity for you, it's an energy that you carry with you wherever you go. Sure. So even if nobody's watching your inner, your inner child is watching Hmm. and it's still keeping tabs on you. Hmm. And then when you go out and you have a conversation and somebody asks you a question and you answer it in that way, like the hyperbolic way that we do when we want to make ourselves look bigger than we are. Yep. That little part of you knows that you're full of shit and what you're programming in is your lack of self-worth. What you're programming in is bad karmic energy where you're programming in is all those different things. So it's like, is really nobody watching? No, because you're actually watching. And to the degree that you're out of integrity with yourself is to the degree you don't trust yourself and don't listen to yourself. And it's to the, the degree that other people won't listen and trust you either. So can you really fuck with that stuff? I say no. Mm. And, you know, a simple practice Elon and I found out about years ago is like, do something kind for somebody that when they don't see, like, don't do something so that you're seen, do it so that you're not. So like for me, a simple practice, uh, every single time I like, I go to the gym, you know, like the water basin, like the sink is always just like full of slop and water. I always wipe it down and I always make sure I do it when nobody's like there to watch me do it. And it's just like little things like that. Right. But it's like that that's out of integrity. Let me put that back in integrity and not to be seen just to, to put something back in integrity and not have the ego be like, I want to be seen. I want to be seen. And then the last thing I'll say, and then I'll kind of let you step in is, um, when I did Vipassana, when I did it, for those that don't know, it's a 10 day silent meditation. You can't talk and you can't talk. You can't look at anybody. You can't gesture to anybody, by the way, they're all different forms of communication, right? Even visual contact is a form of communication. Yeah, for so sure. I had to sit with why, why they create a space for that. And again, it's just, there's a, there's a fundamental integrity that's built when, when language is not part of the equation. And I'll, so I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. If you're talking, and this might rub some people the wrong way, if you're opening your mouth, chances are you're lying. And I don't mean like big lies. I mean, if I ask you, for example, like, oh, what did you do today? And you're like, yeah, I worked for uh, three hours. And the truth is you only worked for two or two and a half or even two hours and 45 minutes. There's a part inside of you that knows that what you was in hyperbole. And you exaggerated what you actually did because you knew that three hours looked better than two hours. So you said that to look better in that moment, right? And that's like ego activation, even if it's a small one. So if you can't talk, it does a few things. Number one, there's no ego activation because you're never using hyperbole to describe yourself. And the second thing that it does is that it completely decreases or diminishes the amount of expectations you have of other people. So for example, if I know that you can talk and I hold the door for you and you walk through the door, my expectation is that you're going to acknowledge the fact that I opened the door for you by saying thank you or you know I appreciate that or whatever. If you don't, there's a part of me that gets upset about that because it's an unfulfilled expectation. That's a societal expectation that I have. And it's constantly drawing you into these little head games that you play with yourself about everybody. So I noticed that because I can't even look at the person, I would open the door and then I have no expectation of them saying anything or gesturing or doing anything because it's just not part of the equation. So all these like little ego attacks you have throughout the day just get diffused and then suddenly something becomes available in 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 a way of integrity that just is unexpected that's actually not available to you when you talk. So that's kind of all the stuff that came up for me around that question. Yeah, that's really good. I actually wanted to kind of go in that direction anyway. So I'm glad you did. I love the fact that you said that someone's always watching and I love that you brought it. I thought you were going to go the other route because once you brought out on the tail, I was like, are we going there? We're taking a hard left. (laughs) 
if, if you are reading my shit, then you know that I'm definitely going. <laughs> and, and part and part of the reason I'm going there, I'll explain why I'm I'm heading in that direction so hard and harder than ever before. It's not like we haven't been vocal. I'm like no more hiding. I actually get I I get that that's not the game I'm playing. And if I'm hiding, I'm literally not playing my game. In fact, anybody who's listening to this, if you're hiding whatever it is that you're passionate about, no matter how weird your experiences are, if you're hiding, you are not playing the game that you set out to play. Yeah. And you're also not assisting the ascension process. For all well, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, right? People lie to look good. Mm-hmm. They have some sort of perspective of this is how I need to be perceived in the world. So I'm going to fit that mold. Yep. But the, the issue is, and this is really what I'm, I'm really happy you brought this to the party is like, someone's always watching and that someone is that inner you, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine there's a soul version of you and an ego version of you, the soul version of you doesn't give a shit about looking good. It doesn't. The ego is all about looking good because the ego has to be number one. The ego has to be the best. The ego wants to do all these things. Your words create your world. So if you're out there talking about, I want the relationship of my dreams, or I want to hit my first $10,000 a month, or I want to lose 10 pounds or whatever the thing is that you're highly, highly focused on. And then you diminish these unsaid agreements with yourself. Like if you made an agreement with yourself that you wake up at a certain time every single day, or you don't drink alcohol on these days, or you don't eat these foods, or you don't do this, or, you know, you live your way this, you you go to the gym four times a week, whatever that agreement you made with yourself, even if it's not public, I mean, taking it public, I think helps with the situation. We'll get into that in a second, but you have these agreements with yourself all the time. And we as humans will weasel out of any of these things. But what happens is this every, I want you to consider this, that every time you don't do something or you hear a little voice and it goes, eh, but we're really tired today. We don't really want to go to the gym Mm -hmm. and you don't do that. Or, Oh my God, it's so dark and cold. I don't want to get up and meditate right now. Right. Every time one of those things happens and I want you to get, that's the ego talking. The ego wants to be comfy under a blanket all day. It doesn't give a shit about your health or your happiness or how much money is in your bank account. It just wants to be safe and where it is right now. That's it, right? But every time it spits out these things and you listen and buy, what you're basically doing is handing over a huge amount of power to that ego. And then the next time it does it, it's much easier to sell you that crap. Because you now diluted the power of your word to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not even talking about out there yet. To yourself. And then you expect that you create things and envision things and visualize and do all these other crap things. And you're like, well, what is this person want for my life? Well, I think it's also important to just interject here. Whatever your personal beliefs are. There's no actual world out there, right? The world you see is a reflection of your inner belief system. So we take like energy that we call other people. We transpose parts of ourselves, usually the ones we don't like on them. Then we judge the fuck out of those people, which is really your personal self-judgment. So it's like 
as you're diminishing your own personal power by dishonoring your word, you're actually diminishing your power because the, your experience of other people will be of that of the disempowerment and reflection of yourself. And now you're constantly faced with mm-hmm. dealing with that, right? Everything you have complained about yourself, you stop experiencing as an externality and then it becomes just like an inner knowing. So all that stuff is really interrelated. And I think the, the misnomer is because the mind creates dualistic type of reality, this one distinct from another, and it looks like things are causal when we actually live in an a-causal um, universe. So we because so the mind because of the language, right? Language is a tool for creating distinction, separate one separate from another. So when we say oneness, we're trying to get back to oneness. Like God doesn't need words for language. That's why the, the world came into being with language, right? Before that, it was just the oneness. And then this dualistic world was formed. Even you could say like Lucifer, right? The energy of Lucifer is basically God energy that no longer knows that it's one. Like it's lost that concept basically. So so for us, it's the same thing. We we've been born into or choose to come to a world that lives in a dualistic form, but there's, and there's causality. Like one thing leads to another, like there's a linear path, like this happened. Now that's why this is happening. And we use reason to try to figure that out. However, reason often, if not always leads to very little increase in quality in your life. Like understanding why something has happening doesn't create healing in your life. Sure as fuck doesn't create transformation in your life. I had the two hour conversation yesterday with a, with a woman who is basically being beaten in her relationship for like two straight hours and, and how to break free of that. But it's like in the inner game, right? Something happened along the way. We found the exact moment, exactly what created that, that energy. And then from that point, like it basically happened, something sexual and abuse happened. She lost trust in herself which means that now you need a super controlling person to make all your decisions for you. So she ends up in a relationship with a person who's like, you know, ultra mega crazy controlling. And it's not his fault. That's just the energy she attracts and that balances where she is in her life. So that's a, that's causality, but like she created that causality. The mind created that causality. The universe is a quantum universe, meaning all possibilities are available to you all the time, which means it's a, it's actually a causal in nature. So you're choosing the cause. It's just like you should pick your bullshit, you know, make it empowering. Same thing, right? Like if you believe in quantum, if you believe in a causality, then you're at the helm of the wheel of creating what, how the interaction between this is causing that. And you get to choose what this is. So again, it's like, if you create an empowering context, the causality to the brain will create, will create an outcome that you want. If you're like, I have nothing to do with this. And I'm just here to figure shit out and look at it and like figure out why I'm being victimized. Then yeah, you're going to create a, context in which the outcome is always going to have you be victimized. All right. So in that scenario, how would that woman, cause everyone can come up like, right. You guys get what he's saying. Every single one of us creates our own environment to fit that, which is our inner. So like whatever is happening in here, you're going to create a reality to match that. So we had a, a client just the other day where it's like in his world, everything was not safe, right? His conversation of the world is that things and people weren't safe. So what does he create? Every relationship in that, if your view of the world is, it's not safe, I'm in danger, then every single person that comes into your life automatically becomes what? The, the villain. Villain, yeah. And, and, the more you, and the more you go into your victimhood, the more they need to balance with being a, a greater villain. Exactly. Yeah. So you're... you're bringing and allowing that energy to be around you. 
So going back to this woman, right? How would someone in that circumstance get themselves out of that circumstance? What would be the, the start of that shift in that inner game? Yeah, it, it always comes the same way. And there's and, and some of you guys are going to hear this and you're going to have a lot of resistance to what I said, what I'm going to say also, because it's so easy to empathize with a person like that and say, wow, I can't believe that's happening to you. That's so terrible. And of course, she's tried to leave many times before, but her energies always left room for question. Right. So when there's that room, again, it's like that room for question is her belief that she's not trustworthy. So it's like, I got to leave you. I can't be in this relationship anymore. But really inside, it's like, I don't trust myself. So it's communicated like I don't trust myself. So he steps right back into the control, you know, the control role. He's like, well, I'm going to control this. and I'm going to suck you back in and I'm going to do all the nice things that I know that I need to do to suck you back in. Because in a lot of ways, he does support her and does a lot of beautiful things. Then there's this like really dark part of the relationship. So it's, it's this dualistic thing. So when we start talking about responsibility, people get super triggered. Because they're like, well, she's not to blame for it. What's happening? Okay, fine. She's not to blame for it. You're right. And I, it's like the first thing I do with anybody is always create a distinction between fault and blame and responsibility. These things are, again, like they, they seem causal and they're a causal. Like there's no, there's really no relationship here. Responsibility is willing to be, willingness to be at source of everything in your life. Okay. Good and bad. Good and bad. And, and there actually is no good and bad. It's just whatever's arising is arising and you can surrender to it. So it's like the surrender happens from your willingness to say, I'm creating this. Even if I don't know how or I can't see what I'm doing, I'm creating it. There's a car accident outside in front of me that's inside of my experience. You have to be part of that. Do you ever notice when shit's going wrong in your life, you're always there? Like, like nobody else is there when shit's going wrong, right? It's, it's sourced from within through belief systems that are, haven't yet to be discovered or you verbalize it and the way that you're verbalizing it hides it from your view. So the identity, literally the strategy is everything that you're upset about, everything you make everybody else wrong for, everything that you're pointing your finger at and blaming other people is the very thing that you intrinsically believe that you're not and that you are. Right. When you're like, everyone's judged so judgy. Yeah. You guess what you're doing in that moment? You're judging everybody. Right. It's, it's, it's this really interesting relationship. It's like, Oh my God, everybody's so fucking angry all the time. It's like, no, you're, you're literally using anger to say that everybody's being angry. I know it really well, by the way, I've done that for many, many years. Uh, and Elon knows, right? Like I'll transpose my anger and be like, why are you being angry at me while I'm the one that's like furiously being angry. Right. So that's what we're looking for. So again, you have to like remove fault and blame as a mechanism, because all that leads to is guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is a super low vibrational frequency, one of the lowest that we can experience. And it is on par with putting like a nail in your foot and then being like, how come I'm not making any progress in my life? Well, it's because you're using victimhood and all these things that we do to like keep yourself down. Now, the belief in the brain is if I punish myself, I'll learn the lesson that I need to learn. Except you guys can look in your own lives. When you use guilt and shame on yourself, do you actually ever make any headway? Does it add anything to the quality of your life or your relationships or your experience of love? So mainly what we're being right about is kind of like how shitty we are or that we're broken or all these different things. Not seeing that by being committed to just being right about things, what you're giving up is like love, connection, communication, uh, vitality, like everything we actually want, all the juice of life we throw out the window just for being right. And you guys know how often you're in conversations with friends and family where you're on the table just opining like crazy about politics or government or some hot topic issue. Does anybody walk away from that table feeling better, more connected or with the other person's opinion? Never, never. Total waste of time and energy. And by the way, again, 
like the fucking poster child for that shit, you know, like 10 going 10 years back. That, that was like my whole life was opining and being righteous about stuff. And it just, it would, and it kills off everything that we actually care about. So again, it's just, it, it's just the willingness to see that you, you are creating this experience. And, and again, it's not to say that she's to blame for what's happening, but her energy and her belief would attract somebody like that. That's going to keep bringing up and give evidence for the story that she created, which is, I don't trust myself. Yeah. Right. What's better than having a man that all the time? To that? You create the world you, you need to see. Yeah, exactly. I started reading uh, Gene Keys. Yeah. So I want to just share something that, that this was literally just from the introduction. I, I got the book yesterday, but one of the things just to consider is that every if you if you just took on true or not that every single thing that you do every single thought that you have every single reaction that you have that electromagnetic pulse that is sent through your body there's 60 trillion uh, cells in your body it's literally sending a signal to every piece of DNA in your body, moment by moment. And you're actually programming your genetic makeup by having these reactions. So when we talk about all the time, like the highest vibrational frequency is excitement and love. Like when you're in that state, I don't know if you guys notice, check in with your, right? Look at your own life. When you're in that state, how are you manifesting? Are opportunities coming to you? Are the right people coming to you? Are the right, it's like amazing synchronicity, right? When that stuff happens. And then when you're down and upset and angry or frustrated or blaming and being the victim, how's that going for you? Right? At that point, it's like nothing seems to work. But what happens is we fall into this kind of pattern and the pattern is repeating. Why? Because you've basically from a genetic place, I want you to consider this, like at your gene level, you've, you're programming yourself to have certain frequency and certain reactions to things. And you ever notice like once you do something, it's like becomes harder to get out of that loop. And so for this girl, whoever she is, it's like the comfort of the known, even if it sucks. One of our mentors always used to say, Every one of you is standing in sewage. You stand in sewage long enough, you stop smelling it. So to the ego, the thing it is familiar with, what's that quote? Like the devil, you know, is better than the one you don't. Something along those lines, right? So to the brain, that's the problem. Like it's easier to stay in that pattern because it's known and okay, we know we can survive this than to do something drastically new have a different thought and go in a different direction. Happiness and love equals flow. That's why Ibiza, which is where Richard is right now, is like a super magical place. And it's not for the reason that people think. I mean, like I was shocked. We got there, maybe 5%, maybe 5% of the island is the Ibiza that everybody hears about. 95% of the island is just like one of the truly magical, beautiful places on planet Earth. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, if you want like you travel there with your kids, you hang out, it, it's just, it takes every beach place you've ever been to, to such elevated heights, but like people there 
are ecstatic. Like there's a vibrational magic. I heard at Burning Man, the same thing happens where it's like synchronicities happening everywhere. And it just, cause you elevate that energy to that level and that's where magic happens. So if you know that, and you know that that impacts you at a DNA level. My question is, why would you remain in any sort of state that is not elation, excitement, and love? Hmm. Why? Just look for yourselves. Like, you know all this stuff. And, and I'm sure the guys, the guys and girls that are listening to us right now, none of this stuff is new, right? Like, you might realize like, oh my God, this is such a great reminder, right? We say that all the time because you know this stuff. So my question to you guys is, and I'd love to hear, why do we choose, notice my words, why do we choose to stay in those low vibrational? Uh, I mean, my conjecture is kind of what you what you brushed up on before. We mistake, uh, people say they want to be happy, Um and where they're mistaking joy for, for convenience and comfort. And the mind is obsessed with comfort, you know, cause it's, it's a predictive, it's a predictability machine, right? Every moment of every day of every second, your brain is always future casting. That's why it's so difficult to be present. Why we go to meditate, why we try to slow down the mind because there's an alpha beta theta state and it's like cycles in the mind. So if you think of it like cycles, like when you're in an alpha state, your frontal lobe is super active. Like you're doing like 60 cycles, Right, like really quick cycles. If you'd like drop down into your alpha state, you're like, you know, 20, 15 cycles. You drop down to theta, you're like a five and 10. It has this like slowing effect. It also changes the experience of time. It changes the experience of sensations in the body. It experience, it changes the experience of how information comes in and how it's being processed. It experiences your emotional state. There's like a heightened awareness everywhere, right? It's why we go in so that we can start experiencing things at a different, deeper level than we would when we're in, in this like alpha state. Um, so if you're in an alpha state, you're, you're mostly living inside of the world of survival, which has to do a lot with predicting outcomes over and over again. That's why uh, things like, you know, when you, you go to a door and you push it and it's supposed to be a pull door and you have that like momentary where you're like, fuck, right? It's like because the, the brain is like predicted push. Push didn't happen. And the brain has to like go like, wait, well, how did I just get that wrong? <laughs> and did you ever notice that like you're not when you get surprised about stuff, you're not surprised you're surprised that you got surprised as if you have the, like, as if you have direct access to every moment in the future and you should never be surprised to like, think about that. How Looney Tunes that is. Like you think in an infinite universe of quantum possibility, your brain is like, I got all the outcomes. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, it's thinking about one outcome and how often do you think that you're getting it right over and over again? Cause your experience is, Hey, when I open the door, it opens. Uh, we had a mentor at some point, or we went to a class one time and he said, um, if you open the refrigerator door, and there was a Grand Canyon sitting there, you're not going to be like, like you would freak the fuck out and run away. You know, your, your brain just cannot deal with how improbable that is. But how interesting is that to look at the world outside of probability or the world beyond what the brain thinks is probable. I think part of my ascension and my growth right now, which is interesting to me because I'm sure everybody's experiencing like a radical time shift. We've been talking about this for decades. There's like an acceleration happening. I don't know about you guys. Forget acceleration. We're like on a hyperspeed loop right now. And, you know, I used to look back on my life and be like, wow, I've really changed year over year. Then it's like, wow, I've really changed over these six months. Then I was like, wow, I really changed over this month. This year, I'm like week over week. I don't even know who the fuck was talking last week. <laughs> my, my, my operating system is changing so fast right now. 
I, I'm unrecognizable to myself who I was like stuff I wrote in end of January. I'm like, I look at it and I laugh because I'm so distant from that point of view already. So it's interesting to me because this year my, my at stake is day over day. Like I want that experience day over day. I want like that quick of an ascension growth. And I, and I think this is what it comes down to is allowing you to like, if we're saying that the life, the juicy part is lived inside the mystery, then does it matter for you to predict anything that's about to happen? Or do you want to remain completely open to everything all the time? Here's what I say. I read Gene Keys too. Gene Keys, 60th shadow points to that magic is common sense. That's what it is. Our default, in my opinion now, our default state is magic. Let's start there. Let's not work up to trying to create magic. You're not there because you think that serendipity and coincidences are real things. No, 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 my friends. Wizards and witches walking around. You guys are all wizards and witches. And it's inside of you to have magic come out of you. But it, it takes you choosing. This is my default state. In my life, magic happens everywhere I go. I got fairy dust fucking pouring out of me. Like, poof, when I fart, poof, glitter. <laughs> right? Like, everywhere. Like, if I exploded, there's human combustion. I just wanted to be like, poof, glitter. That's it. And the guy goes. Like, that's the last thing. <laughs> you should watch Trolls. Yeah, just, just that's it. Poof, everywhere. And, okay, I'm like, wow, let's, let's, what if that was my foundation? What if I built from there? So, I can tell you I've had some really radical things happen to me in the last two weeks. Oracles coming out of the blue. Uh, just to touch on it, a woman read my post uh, in New York, contacted me, started telling me all this incredible feedback about myself. Like basically did an energy reading on me from New York. Was like, can I do it? I'm like, go ahead. Starts giving me all this information out of nowhere. Asks me if I know um, an alien species. Like, I won't say which one. And I'm like, no, I don't know them yet. She goes, do you want to? I'm like, sure. I'm totally open to that. She goes, no worries. I'm sending them a signal right now. Awesome. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Like, I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. And, I, and and it's the same thing. And, you know, aliens, whatever, ETs, we're talking angels. It's just different different words that we're starting to use throughout time in our mythology and how we talk about them. Like, when we talk about vampires, we're talking about entities that literally feed off negative energy. That's what we're talking about. So in our mythology, it's become like the count and all these different things. And it is pointing to things that actually occur. I, I, I tend to think that when there's global events that are very negative, whether they're false flag operations or not, we can talk about them all day long. But the point is, is that it generates a pulse of negativity across the entire planet for a negative entity being that's like, that's like an orgy, you know, with like on ecstasy while like rubbing chocolate all over. The <laughs> like, and, and, and so it's like, there's some, there's some energy in the world, Luciferian energy, whatever you want to call it, that like wants to create circumstances where we as a group of species of people go like energy negativity. And there are so many case studies, guys, my God, there's so many of this Wayne Dyer used to share a story where they went to like the outback in uh, Australia or something. And it hadn't rained there in like 120 years or something. But while he's driving in this Jeep, it starts pouring rain. And then he finds out that like people got together and has systematically figured out how many people would have to meditate on rain in a single location for rain to fall in that location. Guess what? These people got together, meditated on rain, and it fucking rained over there. The CIA, not the most spiritual community in the world, also believes in psychic abilities. Trust me, they've been studying this shit for a long time. 
They figured out at some point Washington, D.C. was the number one murder rate city in all the United States. They figured out how many people would have to meditate to lower the crime rate by like 45 percent or whatever their goal was for that summer. Guess what? They had people every day come and meditate on lowering the crime rate. Guess how much the crime rate got lowered that summer? Exactly by that percentage. So it's like that collective consciousness we can see in a macro level, but your consciousness in the micro level is doing the same shit in your life. That's a, and going back to the original conversation here about when no one's watching, bullshit, somebody's watching. There's an energy at work there, and you're going to start attracting that out of integrity into your life that matches that frequency, plain and simple. So one of the things, I'll just share with you a personal story, but one of the things that I come to grips with recently, this is like in the last week or two, I used to complain about a pain in my body. It started literally from here and it went down and into my knee and it hurt like a motherfucker. And every time I drove, it really hurt. I went to physical therapists. I tried steroids. I recently started going to an acupuncturist and I'm talking to uh, my coach the other day and I bring it up because honestly, it's like the one, one area in my life right now that I feel like I'm complaining and I don't, I don't complain. I'm not going to get into the whole story of it, but it's really funny because like the first thing she started doing was laughing because the, the ailment in my body was tied. And I mean, impeccably tied to exactly the stuff that I'm, I've been worried about and what we've been coaching on in my mind. So like what I've been worried about manifested somehow in my body. Now I want to, I want to take it a step further for you. So what I've been doing, I've been basically reaching out to people. Look, I have this pain. I have this pain. I have this pain. I have this pain. So here's my upgrade. Okay. When you go to the gym, right? For those of you that go to the gym and you have a really good workout and the next day you wake up and you're sore, right? Like your muscles are sore and everything kind of like hurts and whatever. Are you, do you go, oh man, this hurts so bad. And even if you do, isn't behind that, like the actual things like, man, that was an awesome workout. If I'm in this much pain, like good stuff is happening in my body. <laughs> right. So I flipped the script. So now what I'm creating is a 22 year old body. Cause I realized like, fuck, I mean, we can control our DNA, right? I'm reinventing a 22 year old body that includes a 22 year old knee. And every time I feel something, either in my butt, the side of my leg, my knee, I just keep going. Good stuff is happening right now. I'm basically building. This is the process that needs to happen for me to build a 22 year old knee. Now do what here's, here's what I want you guys to get. Same thing is happening in my life. Same thing. This has been going on now for about a week since I had this kind of like little mini aha moment. Now my conversation is when, when anybody asks me about my knee or I talk about my knee, it's my knee is healing. I don't say my knee is in pain. I don't say my knee hurts. My knee is healing. My knee is becoming a 22 year old knee again. That's my conversation. Your words create your world, right? I can unequivocally tell you this is the least amount of pain I've been in in about nine months. Mm. And this has happened in a week. Now, it takes conscious diligence. This is not something that just like, oh, this happens. I literally go to bed at night and I recreate 
my body. I feel what it would feel like in a 22 year old body. I do exercises now and there's so much intention on creating that 22 year old knee again. And that's it. And you know what? It is happening right now. It is literally happening as we speak. And it's all because I'm off that hamster wheel. And yeah, just to be completely clear with you, I want you to understand that I don't do this stuff and go, oh my God, this makes total sense. I too think it sounds fucking crazy. And here's the thing. The other crazy stuff that we've all been programmed from like this age what kind of results is that crazy shit producing for you? It's not, right? I'd like to also offer as an as upgrade for yourself as well to actually give up conversation like this is crazy, this is unbelievable, this is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. like anything that makes things sound like they're in the space of not believability is a, a drop in frequency immediately True. to the fault of being a magic if you're like, I'm a fucking magician, heal, motherfucker. Yeah. Right. That's it. You don't have to go into, okay, well, now let me deal with that. It's crazy. It sounds crazy. Let me justify that it's crazy to you because of that. Like, I believe in fucking aliens. Get over it. Right. Like, not because I believe in them, because I have faith. And yes, I have faith and all that kind of stuff. I also understand that we're talking about energies. We're not necessarily even talking about third density beings. I understand so many different energies. I've also had direct experiences where I've seen things that have showed me that this is like solid, like fucking wood. So just because you haven't had it, you probably haven't seen a million dollars in front of you either. I haven't, by the way. And you can say, well, it's crazy to think that someone could have a million dollars in front of them, right? We are so limited by our personal experience. We think that we have an experience that it couldn't possibly be happening on this planet. And then we argue yeah. about it. Right. And it's like, you can't even imagine what's happening on this planet to people. Your circle of influence is so fucking small. You're influenced by about five to 15 people in your entire life, five to 15. There's seven and a half billion people on the planet with seven and a half billion different experiences and thoughts. Trust me, magicians, wizards, oracles, vampires, all of it real hundred percent. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. I want to, I want to just tie this back to, to a story and then put a, put a bow on this thing. So I want to share with you a story. I don't know if you guys heard it before, but um, we heard this from a guy named Bo Eason, um, who, if you ever get a chance to to be around, is an unbelievable human being on, on all fronts. But he uh, he was a professional football player at one point, and he got traded uh, from the Houston Oilers to the San Francisco 49ers later in his career. And he was always the first guy on the field and the last guy to leave. So sure enough, he comes – First day of uh, OTAs, which is like the, the practice before season even starts. And he shows up to the field nice and early, starts getting like stretched out. And Jerry Rice, who's the number one receiver of all time, is already on the field. Running. It's like, okay. And Jerry Rice is also in, towards the, the end of his career. He's not there to prove anything. He's like a all pro, best receiver, no questions about it. I actually don't think that part is true. It was probably like in his mid-career or like. No, no, no. It was towards the end of his career. I mean, he... he uh, well, I thought Bob played in the 80s and Jerry Bob played well. like the mid-90s. So, oh, okay. So you might do yeah, it. You so might do it. Like towards the end of his career. Okay. Anyway, this he wasn't a rookie. He was like a, a pro at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Like, like well, well, well seasoned. So anyway, they, they start the first drill and it's like a small little, you know, they, they run out a little bit, you know, like say five or so yards, cut, 
quarterback sends them a ball, uh, throws them a ball, they catch, and they do whatever. So rookies come out there, you know, jogging, cut, catch this. Jerry Rice stands up, hike, blasting, sprint, full force, boom, full force cut, cut, catches the ball, runs 80 yards to the end zone, comes back. He does this on every single play. During practice, every single play. Uh, do, bro, do you know the exact amount of touchdowns he he caught? I think it was like 196, 197. I could look it up while you're doing that. So, in any event, m- most by a mile. Like, no one's going to ever catch this guy in, in touchdowns caught. So, Bo Eason comes after 200, 208. How much? 208. 208. Ridiculous. Insane. So, I think the next closest guy is like almost 100 behind him. It's not even close. Anyway, so Bo comes up to him. He's like, Jerry, what's the deal? Like, I don't get it. You know, this is, this is OT. We're not even really practicing. He goes, every time these hands touch this ball, I want this body to know that it needs to end up in the end zone. And do you wonder why this man caught 208 touchdowns? The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. The way you train your body is the way that it will always function. The way you train your mind is the way it will always function. What you do when no one's watching Mm. is how you will function. It's not about the reward or the approval or the acceptance of others. Fuck them. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. (laughs) It's about you. It's about you surrendering. It's about you knowing yourself as that person without the agreement of everybody else. And when the world fights you about it, there's nothing to even argue. You could say you're right and you can still be you the way you want to show up, your self-expression. But if you tarnish that relationship to yourself, if you diminish your word, if you fall into these negative habits and patterns and you let the ego beat you in these moments, right? It's always like one of you guys is, is leading the charge. Either he's driving or you're driving. In every one of these moments, if you can gain the skill set to drive that car, no matter what, to do it while no one's watching, you will have the most spectacular life of your dreams. The thing you can't even dream about will be yours. And it all has to do with what you do when no one's watching. And I just want to just clarify a little bit with something you said, you know, your ego we've, we've, it seems to me, and I'm as guilty as as anybody that we vilify the ego, like we vilify the devil or anything like that. Right. You could say like, there's the angel devil. So it's like your soul is like the the angel and the, God particle mm-hmm. and then like that and then the ego is like the devil so there's this like tendency to want to vilify your ego is just like luciferian energy right it's it's a god energy that's no longer aware of its oneness and it's aware of its separateness and it speaks from that separate place so the, the ego is it's it's the same energy as your soul it's just separate from oneness so it fights for that separation it speaks from that separation. What's good for me because it sees separation. So it doesn't see what's good for us. Take mine attachment, right? It's all that energy that's there. Your soul 
is aware of the oneness and there's a balance. So it's like, if you're trying to like kill your ego, it's like trying to go kill the devil with like a knife. Good fucking luck. Mm -hmm. However, if you understand that energy, there's nothing wrong with it other than it's just operating from that place. So how do we create oneness in this world? Anybody? Love, right? Love is the essence, the vibration and frequency of one. God is love. Love is God. So it's like the parts of you that are showing up with that separation, with that negativity, they need that too. They need to be reminded of oneness. They need to be reminded of love. Your ego doesn't need to be destroyed. It doesn't need to be killed. It's not your villain. It's in the expression of having a relationship with it through love that it gets transmuted and moves more towards its soul destiny and becomes part of that. And little parts of it fade away and lose power as it begins to have that understanding. I never thought in a million years that I would get to a point in my programming and my operating system where the feedback in my head would actually say positive things. Mm -hmm. I was sure that this forever is a negative looping frequency machine. However, over time, as I've continued to exercise, guess what? This stuff, it's pretty much all positive in my head these days. Outside of moments where like I've, I hit my limitation and I have my little ego attack and I'm like, oh my God, and I go into my scared little boy thing again. My day-to-day, I don't actually get negative feedback anymore. And trust me, I was depressed and suicidal and angry. Like this was a world war happening up here and how evil it was to me and how, what it was saying to me. So I made it evil and I treated it like my enemy. And all it did was just grow in power. And when I flipped it and started understanding this concept of bringing it closer, showing it love, building a relationship with it, there's nothing to overcome here. There's just surrendering to it when it wants to express itself. What does a child do when you're when it's like crying and you're like, shut up? Does it stop crying or does it continue to cry? Louder. It continues the force and it feels unknown. So yes, it gets louder or it starts hitting. This is all ways of us getting acknowledged and attention for the experience that we're having. We just want to be acknowledged for our human and soulful experience. You do that to your ego, it's going to do the same thing. It's like, all right, motherfucker. Well, I guess I, you're not listening. Let me get louder. If you would choose to listen to it, like it's just like any relationship. When you shut off your listening to somebody, that person, you're killing them. So you have this opportunity, this choice to say, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not broken. I'm just learning about my phenomena as a human and as a soul creature. Trust me, you go up about 12 levels. You're actually, like Elon said, you're the skin puppet down here. There is a a you, right, that's like living in other dimensions that's looking down, that's basically controlling this body. If you can create it up there, trust me, it shoots down over here. Yeah. But up there, that's that's where faith and belief is. That's where the oneness is. That's where love is. And you know this, that every moment you're like, oh, my God, I'm so in love. When you fall in love with somebody, what's possible? fucking everything right suddenly like couldn't uh, oh, i don't have time for anything you fall in love you just time for everything suddenly oh sure i don't need to work i need to do anything just need to be in love super super simple so we've all been there we all know that energy that's there all the time so it's like if you can express that in your life all the time to all parts of you what becomes possible in this density as far as manifesting and bringing things forth into physical reality and it really is kind of your work to uncover things so that you can take things from fourth and fifth dimensional space and bring them into well, fourth, fifth and sixth and bring them into this density. And there is I'm just starting to learn a little bit about spiral dynamics. It's fascinating stuff. And it really talks to all this stuff. It's super interesting. Um, so, you know, just little, little things to start percolating on and like, let yourself be worked on by these concepts that stretch beyond the mind. 
the mind is just one view of reality. And it's the disconnected view of reality. Hmm. And, and the heart sees so far beyond what the mind can ever possibly imagine. But you need the mind for ingenuity. The mind is what brings things out of that place into physical reality. That's what we've done for thousands of years. All the things we built comes from somebody's ingenuity and imagination. But you know passion starts here. Right? Like Elon Musk is not like, let me think about how to save the planet. He's passionate about saving the planet. That passion then gets exuded up here. He uses his ingenuity and imagination to bring that stuff forth into reality. And trust me, he's probably letting go of shit all the time to like constantly manifest faster. He's also trying to get the fuck out of the matrix, and I'm with him. <laughs> with him. All right. Well, let's, we're at the top of the hour, so let's put it yeah. So that's that. We'll leave it with that. All right. For the, all you guys that are here, if you got value from this, if this is an awesome conversation and you know someone and you're life list whatever that you'd like to share with feel free that would be a huge thank you to us have an amazing day so that's it my friends that's today's episode i just want to thank you for being part of our have it all family and truly truly thank you for listening to our podcast if you'd like to help or give back in any way possible the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family friends or colleagues and if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Hey.